by making the leads come to you. And what that means is by telling your story at the highest levels and letting the rain trickle down to you. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. This show is for the person who wants to crush it, but they're running into the resistance that everyone faces. On this podcast, I'm fortunate to interview and discuss how successful entrepreneurs have starved the doubts, moved into self-confidence, and are making their dreams, their business, and their passion a reality. You can do it too. I'm proud to share with you my guest today, Gary Vaynerchuk. Let's kick off with the interview and do a wrap-up at the end. Gary Vaynerchuk is the CEO and co-founder of the social media and brand consulting agency, VaynerMedia. He is a highly sought-out speaker, New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling author, and future owner of the New York Jets. Welcome to the show, Gary. I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for that intro. Let's play what if. You're the current owner of the Jets. Would you have cut Tim Tebow? I would have. And I think from, you know, I'm close to the Jets or a client of VaynerMedia. I'm obviously a diehard fan. Everything that I saw from Timmy made me feel like he's a very good human being and these things in that nature. But for me, everything is about the value exchange, what's worth it. And I don't think his football skills are worth the media distractions, per se, that brought to the table. And I also just don't think he's a big-time starting quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, I think that's what you need to win a Super Bowl. Are you happy for Tim landing in New England? I'm happy for two reasons, because I like being a suffering Jets fan. So in a weird, dark, twisted way, Tim working out in New England would hurt just enough to make it kind of fruitful for me. And number two, more interestingly, I love this notion that everybody thinks Bill Belichick is such a genius and all these things have worked out. And let's call it what it is. Randy Moss worked out. Corey Dillon worked out. Everybody else has not worked out. Nobody talks about Fat Albert Hainsworth. Nobody talks about Chad Ochocinco. Nobody talks about Tory Holt. Remember that good one? Or Fred Jackson. Or the, or the millions of other things that have not worked out for those guys. And so this one's very high profile. And maybe this will be the one that finally exposes Bill Belichick. Oh, by the way, the defensive genius who's had basically the worst defense since Spygate in the NFL. I think maybe this one will be the one that tips over everybody and realizes that they have their run, they have their cameras, and they have a big-time quarterback. <laughs> well said. Gary, <laughs> who would you rather see live in concert, Bruce Springsteen or the Rolling Stones? I've had the chance to see both. And so from a what-if standpoint, the second time I would say the Rolling Stones. What is the best concert that you have ever been to? You know, I was there for the Sandy Relief concert from Madison Square Garden last year. It was completely incredible. And so that would have to be it. Jungle Love by the Steve Miller Band or Novocaine by Frank Ocean? Oh, you've been paying attention to me. <laughs> I'm very impressed. <laughs> you know what's so funny? This is how bad of a music guy I am. I didn't even realize Jungle Love was a Steve Miller Band song until like 40 minutes ago. But now I listen to it like 7,800 times on repeat on iTunes. Now, on the other hand, Novocaine by Frank Ocean is a very distinct picture. Uh, and I, I like stories. To me, that's why I like music, the story. So I'd have to go with Novocaine. Excellent. Who is your favorite classic wrestler, Andre the Giant, Brett the Hitman Hart, or the Macho Man Randy Savage? This one's easy. 
So as much as I love Andre the Giant for what he was and threat to him and hard is the excellence of execution, and I love execution. Mm-hmm. Macho Man Randy Savage is my all-time favorite. Macho Man Randy Savage might be my all-time favorite athlete, putting athlete in quotes. When he won the heavyweight championship of the world over Ted DiBiase, that was actually the first time I think I won a championship, right? Because <laughs> I was on the Macho Man when he was a bad guy, when he, like, broke Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's throat, and everybody in school hated him in third grade. Mm-hmm. I came in with my Macho Madness t-shirt. He's my man. <laughs> he uh, he represents a very significant part of my childhood. My sister's name was Elizabeth. His manager's name was Elizabeth. And I'm telling myself and being pretty entertaining when I put out content. Go back, anybody listening right now, to YouTube and type in Macho Man Randy Savage interviews. You're going to go into a rabbit hole that's going to take up three and a half hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Growing up, did you have a favorite wrestling pay-per-view? Yes, the first SummerSlam when Elizabeth ripped off her skirt and Macho Man and, <laughs> and Hulk Hogan. It was, in, it was in New Jersey. It was the first pay-per-view I ever got. and had friends over. The Macho Man was the champ. You know, he's starting to become a little bit of a man, so Elizabeth ripping off her skirt was a good thing. So <laughs> the whole thing was just as good as it gets. The Ultimate Warrior won the won, beat the Honky Tonk Man in ten seconds. It was yep. just a classic. Now I'm going to test you here, Gary. What was the main event of that pay per view? The main event of that pay per view, I think, was a tag team battle with Macho Man and Hogan, right? Versus Correct. Zeus and Zeus and was it Zeus and and Ultimate and the Million Dollar Man? Actually, Million Dollar Man and Andre the Giant. Got it. Got it. Yep. Yep. Here's a question for you. Flintstones versus Jetsons. Ah, great question. Well, first of all, I'm really enjoying this interview. And anybody who's been paying attention to my show would as well, so thank you. I would say Flintstones. I just love tried and true. I love technology, but it all still ladders down to core, old-school human psychology and I think Flintstones. I think that's where the magic is. Let's do finish this sentence. The best place to get French fries is? <laughs> this is going to make me very unpopular. The best place <laughs> to get French fries is McDonald's. I'm still a, a hardcore McDonald's French fries guy. Excellent. My favorite city on the West Coast is? My favorite city on the West Coast is? This is tough. I'm a very, very big fan of Portland, but I still have to give it to San Francisco. It's just too much tech and wine, and those are like two things that really drive me. Gary, you have an aggressive travel schedule. How do you balance the travel but also make time for Lizzie, Misha, and Xander? Very carefully and extremely not carefully, meaning... It's the only thing I think about, but I'm not crippled by its magnitude. Mm. You know? That was, and that came out right. I like how that flowed. That was the answer. It's something I think about constantly. Uh, I finagle. I take red eyes. I tweet. But at the same token, I know who I am as a human being and what gets me up at night. And, you know, it's my family, but, like, I'm an entrepreneur through and through at its raw state. And that takes a lot of hustle and travel. And that's, you know... I would say extremity, right? For example, I'm going to take off 24 of the 31 days in August this year. That blows my mind off. I didn't take off 24 days in six years. Mm. You know, so now, taking off is in quotes as well. I'll be working on hustling, selling my book. You'll probably get an email from me in August saying, hey, man, how many copies of my book do you want to buy? I'm trying to sell (laughs) half a million before it, you know. And so, but I would say uh, 
extremities, really being all in with the family when I'm with them and being all into the career, making it very black and white, not trying to blend them, which has been helping me. Sticking with, finish this sentence, if you want to be a good parent. Great question. If you want to be a good parent, reverse engineer the DNA of your child. Do you care to enlighten or go into detail on yeah, that? Yeah, sure, of course. I think it, I think the best parent in the world is the one that most over-indexes on supporting the natural gifts of their child while challenging them to expand and grow and learn other areas. But I think too many parents want their kids to be what they want them to be versus who they, their kids actually are. And I think that is a very difficult challenge for a lot of parents. And those are for the parents that actually care. There's unfortunately a lot of parents that actually don't care as much about their children as they'd like to think they do. And mm. so that's defaulting into the first thing, which is giving a real crap about it in a real way. And then number two, really caring about who they are versus who you want them to be. In 10 years, everyone will... Look a hell of a lot more like a robot than people think. <laughs> when standing in front of the mirror... When standing in front of the mirror, I continue to get sad that I'm gaining weight and getting older. <laughs> well said. Now, one of my favorite stories from you, Gary, is the baseball card table where you and your friends agreed, hey, we're only going to spend 100 bucks, and <laughs> you, you went all in on 300 bucks. And my show's called Starve the Doubts. It's about overcoming those doubts and managing fear. And I'm curious, would you be willing to share a moment from your incredible journey when you had to starve the doubts and manage fear? There's only one time I've ever had to deal with it, and I rarely talk about it, but this interview is going so well, and I'll share it. And I have been often. But the only thing I've ever been fearful of was letting my dad down when I realized that I was evolving into something bigger than just a wine retailer. It took me a long time to reconcile it. Years. But I did it. And, you know, of course my dad wants for me the biggest things I could be in the world. But I didn't want to let him down. You know, I just enjoyed my time jamming with him, and I didn't want to let him down and make him think I was leaving him or, you know, because I love my dad with all my heart. And that was very tough for me. It took a long time. It was a three, four-year process. Mm. I have a question from a listener. It's a gentleman named Matt Pinich. He's in Phoenix City, Alabama, and he wants to know, how many hours are you working a day now? I would say eight to 11. I would say 15, mm. 14, but none on Saturday and Sunday, which is a big change to prior to the kids. I think I'm working harder than I ever have, actually. I really do. I mean, Vayner's in hypergrowth. I've taken a company from 25 to 250 people in the last 18 months. Outstanding. Congratulations. And I, and I got to say, there's a testimony here because I've spoken with your assistant, Krista, and she has been tremendous through the interaction preparing for this interview. And I, I got to say that reflects highly on you and your team. So well done. Thank you. Thank you. A question from Joseph Bass. What is your best tip or best practice for finding qualified leads? For business? Yes. I got a really good answer to this. By making the leads come to you. And what that means is by telling your story at the highest levels and letting the rain trickle down to you. So I think too many people are trying to climb up to the clouds. And I say go above the clouds and let your story trickle down to get your end result. And so my leads come from the stories and the engagement and the content that I put out in the world and then the work that I do and we do, how that becomes word of mouth. We are very much 
not analytical or conversion funnel driven on leads. We are dramatically more go global and storytell and impact people to do the storytelling for you. Gary, speaking of storytelling, you have a new book that's going to be coming out later this year, Jab, 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 Right Hook. Would you be willing to share a little bit about that book? I want to make it a utility, 80 to 100 case studies on individual status updates on websites, from Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, Instagram, critiquing them, and then giving a couple hundred pages of thesis on how to actually storytell in this noisy and social world. I'm very proud of it. I think I put the most effort into this book of the three in this trilogy, as I call it. I expect it to do extremely well in not necessarily selling, though I expect that, um, but much more in people really getting it. I think I've articulated my story carefully and precisely on what I want people to get out of it, and I think it's going to be utility and something that people get a ton of value out of. Gary, what is the release date for that? November 26th. Just a couple questions, and then we'll wrap it up. Who is doing something that interests you? a very, very good question. I would say Ben Lair. L-E-R-E-R. Good friend of mine, very good friend of mine, becoming one of my best friends. But that's not why I'm answering that. He has a company called Realist that he owns, very big men's lifestyle blog, but media company blog would be not there. But he made a purchase of a company called Jack Threads, which was a deal-of-the-day company about a year or two ago. And what he's been doing with that and marrying content and commerce has been very interesting to me. And I have a big belief that the media business is going to get into the retail business and vice versa. And I think he's definitely, much like I did with Wine Library TV and Wine Library, I think it's a very obvious execution at scale and healthy scale that he's pulling off and I'm impressed with. Gary, I've read your books. I follow you on social media. You have inspired me to crush it and to live in the thank you economy. I really appreciate the work that you do. Thank you for that. What's the best place for people to connect with you online? GaryVaynerchuk.com. GaryVaynerchuk.com. Gary, thank you so much. Best wishes to you and your upcoming book release. Thank you so much. Did you enjoy the interview with Gary Vaynerchuk? We are living in the thank you economy. You are invited to send Gary a thank you tweet at Gary V. That's at Gary V-E-E. I like free content and I cannot lie. You other listeners can't deny. Okay. I'm no Sir Mix-A-Lot, but I do appreciate it a lot if you would be willing to consider going to iTunes to leave a rating and review, which of course greatly increases the visibility of the podcast. Please consider doing a search for Starve the Doubts in iTunes. Remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. Thank you for the consideration. You are a macho man or woman. Joe Bass is a macho man. Joe is helping you and I to grow with purpose. Joe's blog is josephbass.com. Joe also owns and operates Hatfield Taylor Company, which helps me with my WordPress site. You can check out the awesome web work that Joe is doing by going to hatfieldtaylor.com. He is definitely starving the doubts. How would you answer the Jetsons versus the Flintstones question? Open up your email and type either Jetsons or Flintstones in the subject line and send a blank email to jaredeasley at gmail.com. I'm eager to see which one that you pick. In the meantime, always treat others the way that they want to be treated. Always do your best, and remember to starve the doubts. (laughs) 